Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drop Goal Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by current star for the Catalan Dragons. It's Josh Drinkwater. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Hey, yeah, mate. Nice to be here. Yeah, you too. Right, let's get straight into the questions. First of all, a question that everyone wants to know. What got you into rugby league? Um, I guess I've just always been around it growing up. My uh, older brother played it. My dad played it. So um, I guess it was in the family and... Um, you know, it was the first sport I played and probably really the only sport I've taken real serious in my life. So um, I think I was just always, yeah, always going to play through the family. Definitely. Uh, and were there other sports that you stood out in school or was it really just rugby? Uh, played a fair bit of touch footy. Um, over in Australia, winter, uh, winter time is your uh, rugby league and then summertime was touch. So I um, yeah, played a fair bit of touch footy growing up and all through school and um once I hit about 17, I sort of stopped playing all sports and um, just sort of focused on rugby league. Yep. Okay, so with everything going on at the minute during this coronavirus pandemic, uh, people are dealing with all sorts of unusual pressures at the moment. As a po- sports person, what do you do to deal with and perform under pressure? It's uh, a good question. I guess you just got to, um, at the moment this pandemic, you just got to do your best as a rugby league player to try and stay fit and uh, in sort of shape. Yeah. Um, for when we get back down, but I guess when we're playing for pressure, um, yeah, for me, I, I sort of love the pressure that um, comes with playing rugby league at, at the top level. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's sort of one of the main reasons why you play. I think it's um, you know, it's a great feeling, the adrenaline, and, and getting playing in front of thousands of people. So I think you just got to embrace it. Um, but obviously, it's a completely different situation to this uh, pandemic or the coronavirus and. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, the world can get on top of it pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll move on to your playing career. You've been with quite a few different clubs over the years, representing the Dragons and the Tigers in the NRL and various other clubs in Super League. With having moved clubs regularly throughout your career, what are the pros and cons of moving around from club to club? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess, um, you know, players I've met a lot of good people. and um, Yeah. You know, I've been coached by, you know, obviously a lot of different cages and different systems. So um, I get the idea of sort of what works for me and what I think work uh, takes to win games. And uh, you know, I want to go into coaching after my career as well. So that's great. I guess um, you know, being around so many clubs and different systems and coaches, as I said, it's sort of given me um, in the future to give me a good um, outlook um, on the way I want to go about it. Cons, obviously. Uh, you know, moving different places and yeah. um, you know, different sides of the world and not probably being able to settle. Um, it's probably mm-hmm. been tough as well, but pretty lucky I've got no kids. Um, so I've just sort of, had to, I've just got a girlfriend back home in Australia, so yeah. it's been tough on her. But um, yeah, look, it's all part of rugby league, I guess. And uh, I mean, I was never planning to jump around clubs like I have, but um, you know, it's just the way it works. Definitely. So you've played rugby in Australia, the UK, and France. In your opinion, what are the differences in each country's setups? Uh, yeah, they're all completely different. I guess. I guess the NRL, um, in Australia, you've just got all the media. It's probably the yeah. number one sport over there. Um, you probably seen it at the moment with the, how much um, media attention the NRL is getting, and um, you know, players are under the pump uh, non-stop. 
Um, when you go to England, um, it's a lot more laid back. Obviously, you got football and the other sports over there, so yeah. you're just a, norm, a normal person. You can go out and do what you want and not get uh, harassed or anything. Um, mm-hmm. And France, well, France for me is great because I don't I don't speak the language, so yeah. I can't read any can't read any newspapers. Um, you know, I don't listen to the news or anything like that. So I just sort of live in my own little bubble here, and um, which is great. You know, it's, it's beautiful weather. I love it. It's just like Australia. It's sunny. It's warm. And, um, I get to do what I love playing rugby league, so um, you know it's a perfect spot for me. Yeah, I know definitely the weather compared to Australia and France. The UK is definitely the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the winter the pre-seasons in um, in England are really tough. Um, yeah, you know when you're it's, you know middle of December in November and you're getting up at six a.m. It's pitch black and it's monster degrees and running around and over wet. Yeah, uh, it's definitely tough, but. Um, now nah, look, it's all part of the fun, I guess. Yep. So playing for clubs that have been great advertisements for expansion in the Dragons and the Broncos, what are your thoughts on the current expansion plans for the game? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that the sort of north of England got you know, so many teams up there. I think you look what Toronto have done. Um, yeah. Come in and obviously the, how much exposure they've generated, especially over in Canada. You know, I watch the games on TV when they were on, and you know, they're getting great crowds. Um, Catalans here, look, we have great crowds and a lot of support here. And even Toulouse, I think they're not too far off. Um, we played them in the trial, and yeah, it feels really nicer. So, I think the more we can expand it out, out of that north of England, um, the better off the game will be. And the London Broncos, that was, um, you know, it was a really tough year on the field playing down there, but. Mm-hmm. It's a great club to be part of and really love my time down there. And, um, you know, as I said, to sort of expand away from the north of England, um, and London showed what they could do in Super League last year, but I don't think they obviously are relegated, but I think if there's that middle age concept again, they wouldn't have been relegated. So yeah. uh, hopefully they can build back up, um, you know, and maybe even get to 14 teams in Super League in a couple of years if there's enough uh, quality out there. I think Definitely. If you can get to lose and London in, um, already to the Super League teams at Maine, I think it would just add exposure to the game. Yeah, uh, so I spoke to Andrew Henderson the other week, uh, and obviously he coached at the Broncos. Uh, he said that uh, the reason London haven't been as successful as everyone would have thought is because they've moved around a lot. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I guess so. I think um, you probably just got to stay in a place, and that's where you build your fan base, and um, you know people know where they play out of. And I know when I was there, we sort of, trained at one spot and we played yeah. you know about half an hour away from where we trained and all lived and, and we didn't get the crowd but i think at the moment um i forget the name of the place at the moment but they're the trail finders they're playing out trail finders they've been there for yeah. a couple of years and um you know, i think they're building a club and they've got a good academy system going at the moment and you know they, they generate a lot of good players a lot of good players in super league come from down london so hopefully they can build up and um yeah, they probably need a few uh, bit of help from the RFL in terms of the salary cap because how expensive yeah. it is to live down there. I think that's something I'm not sure if they get that or how that works. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think Super League is better with London Broncos in it. Definitely. So everyone who follows rugby league knows that you're involved in a very big moment in rugby league history uh, in 2018. What did it mean to be part of the first French side to win the Challenge Cup? Yeah, it was massive, mate. Um, yeah. No, the, the the strange thing was the year before we played, I was at Leeds. We played Catalans a million pound game, mm-hmm. and got relegated. So my contract got torn up, and uh, at the time, obviously, didn't really like the Catalans. Uh, yeah. But yeah, once I got the 
core from Mac about possibly coming over mid-year, and um, they would. I think they were running last at the time, and um, I spoke mm-hmm. to quite a few people, and um, you know, it was, wasn't an easy decision because I thought if I come to a team that's last and get relegated again, yeah. that's probably for me. My name sort of get a line drawn <clears> through it. So, yeah. I remember just looking at the team on paper, and you know, with lots of Greg Bird, Sam Muller, um, yeah, and there was so much quality in the team. I just thought. And if I could go there and make a little bit of a difference, I thought uh, I probably didn't expect to go on and win the Challenge Cup. But once we yeah. started getting into a flow of things, and um, you know, we're pretty lucky with injuries, and uh, rugby league, once you start winning, it becomes a habit. And um, we just got on a roll. And um, I remember going into that semi final game against St Helens, and um, the first meeting we had that week uh, was when they'd done the draw, and everyone's mm-hmm. hearing that saying, So we're going to play us. And um, I remember everyone just sort of saying, "Now we're going to beat these blokes," and um, yeah, just I just remember that day. The semi-final was just as special because we were, we were meant yeah. to get flogged by Saints over on the roll at the time, and and to beat Saints, I sort of knew straight after that. that you know, we had three weeks to prepare for a grand final. That was it. That was the exactly. end of our season after that. So, um, you know, it was great, obviously, and to come back to France straight after the game. Um, I think we landed about midnight. The the airport was packed. Um, yeah, we had a parade two days later. Um, wow. No one had slept, and there was thousands of peeps and uh, people in the streets, and um, it was massive. And I think it just sort of helped grow the sport um, here in France. So hopefully we can, uh, you know, repeat that the next couple of years and uh, win Super League. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think as well that now they've won a major trophy, they can attract large name players like Falau, James Mullaney and yourself. Do you think that Catalans can find the confidence and start competing a lot more in Super League? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think it was sort of a lot of senior players. You know, last time I was here, it was the same thing. I've been a lot of Sam Tompkins and, yeah. like you said, Jimmy Mullaney. So you've got players that have won at the biggest stage in both Super League and the NRL and obviously Jimmy playing Origin and they're just yeah. winners and they just know what's got to be done. So it just helps even at training, you know, things that, um, you know, when you've got to switch on and be serious, you know, they're very quick to make sure that you're on it. But then straight away they're good, at, especially Jimmy's really good at switching off and having a joke and uh, easing the pressure in the voice. So, yeah, yeah look, Max, Macca and Bernard and Cheney, they've done a great job at the club recruiting. Um, uh, you look at the players, as you said, they brought in, you know, to obviously it was controversial signing Izzy Faleo. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, you put the stuff way off the field. What he, you know, what what's happened? But on the field, he's he's one of the best players in the world in both codes. One hundred percent. You know, you look at people like that, that that the club's been able to get, and I guess yeah, it's probably off the back of what we've done in the Challenge Cup and mm-hmm. sort of knowing that you can win here at the Catalans. One hundred percent. And um, do you think because this year before the um, lockdown happened, Catalans got off to a flying start? Do you think Catalans would have had a big chance at winning another trophy this year? Uh, yeah, look, we sort of, you know, we we're three from four, and we, you know, we didn't miss three games. But as a team, we, um, you know, while we were winning games, we weren't playing good footy. We didn't feel, you know, all the video sessions weren't great. Um, the things that we, you know, Steve and the coach and stuff were pointing out, we had a lot of improvement in us. Um, and obviously, it was yeah. gonna, we're going to start uh, not as good as what we want with all the new combinations. You know, I've never played with Sam or Jimmy as before, so. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I guess that was probably the best thing is that we weren't playing great footy, but we were winning games. And um, obviously, it's disappointing that we've had been off for so long now. But um, you know, hopefully, the season gets back up and running soon. And um, it's going to be totally different now. You know, with all these games, we're going to be sort of yeah. 
playing every you know what every three or four or five days, whatever it is. So it's going to take the whole squad now. And um, some I do think that we have here is a good squad and good depth. So it's going to test um, a lot of teams and a lot of clubs. But hopefully we can you know keep winning games and sort of be there towards the end of the year. Yep, hopefully. So um, after your amazing um, final in 2018 with the Dragons, uh, in 2019 you joined Hull KR and had a great year with them. When leaving the Dragons at the end of 2018, were there any club, other clubs interested in you and what made you choose Hull? Yeah, it was a strange time because I didn't really want to leave Catalines, but for yeah. one reason or another, obviously when the salary caps forward and um, mm-hmm. you know, Matty Smith come in, you probably can't afford to have to start halfbacks on your books. Yeah. And uh, I understand my believe a business. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the time I was disappointed, I left on good terms with the club. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity to go back to Australia and see NRL. Um, but I just, you know, things sort of just waited and panned out the way they did. And, I'll get, and then I remember speaking to Sheens on the phone. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, while well, we had a very average season last year, obviously we ran equal yeah. last. Um, before I got there, the same thing, I remember looking at the team on paper and I just thought, you know, this is a team that if we can sort of stay fit and healthy, we can surprise some teams and um, we started the year off really good, you know. Um, we, I remember I think we were two from four, when we should have been three from four, Salford beat us at home, come back and beat us when we were up yeah. by 18 points and we just sort of went on a downward spiral from there. And, you know, we had so many injuries last year, it was unbelievable and you know, players pulling out on game day to, due to injury and um, it just sort of become about surviving pretty quickly rather than winning games and um, you know it was, a, it was a tough year last year on the field obviously um, mm-hmm. out. and going to hold but um, as I said it's part of the roller coaster and um, I met some great people at Hull KR yeah um, some great friends and um, you know, just one of those things that didn't work out for either either party. Um, and I was I was happy to come back here to France to Catalans. Yeah, uh, it's not like Hull KR had a really bad uh, squad as well because when they performed on the day, they did shock a lot of people. Like when Warrington came to Hull, they beat them. Like what what do you think went wrong with Hull that made them um, um, not perform every week? Yeah, our biggest problem was just injuries and just not being able yeah. to keep the same the same players um, on the field each week. So, you know, there was so much chopping and changing. And I remember sometimes you turn up and all the jerseys would be set up in a you know, certain order and someone's mm-hmm. jersey wouldn't be there and someone else's bed and you'd be like, what's going on here? And they've <laughs> had to pull out due to injury and things like that. So, um, as I said, it was just injuries and um, I, I don't know why there were so many injuries at the time um, last yeah. year, but it just, it just became, um, no, it just wasn't, realistic that we'll go and win games of how much chopping and changing that was happening at the team. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but uh, now you are back with Castellans for the 2020 season. What led you back to the Dragons? Yeah, as I said, I never really wanted to leave, and I left them really good terms there around at the club. Yeah. Um, obviously, there were some hard conversations during the time of the contract negotiations, and, but as I said, I knew it was a business, and they know, obviously they know it's a business. And I left them good terms, and um, I got a phone call... Uh, probably about, I think it might have, I can't remember what it was, and they sort of just asked if I'd be interested in coming back um, after anything that happened. I just said, yeah, look, I never really want to leave, and um, you know, I met some great people here, and obviously great memories. So um, once I knew they were interested, it was a pretty easy decision for me to come back. Yeah. Um, 
it was it's obviously a place of you know for me living on the other side of the world as i said the weather is a lot like australia you know, mm-hmm. I can go to the beach on the day off and uh, things like that. So it was a it was a pretty easy decision, and also the, the style of play really suits me. Uh, yeah. The way Matthew Cages and allows me to play, I'm sort of not pigeonholed into an edge or anything like that, and I get to take full control of the team, which really suits me. So yeah. Um, and then obviously the quality of players that the club has as well. Um, I knew that we we're going to be competing for um, trophies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, you're an Aussie. You're born in Australia. How has your family adapted to the French lifestyle? Uh, they're not over me. I'm on my own, so it's. Um, All right. You no, know, my my girlfriend came over last time I was here, and yeah. she loved living here. She was here for six weeks, I think. She came for last time, and she loved it. Um, she's at uni studying at the moment, so she can't come over. But mm-hmm. she was meant to be here now, but obviously the virus has happened. She's not yeah. going to be able to come this year. But now, look, uh, mum mum was coming this year. Dad was going to come next year, and. I've got an older brother in England. Um, he was going to come over and visit. So I think, you know, they'd love it. As I said, it's a, it's a lot like Australia. It's a beautiful place to live where I live down in Kenai. And yeah. I'm on the water. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'll get a day off and go training in the morning, come home in the afternoon, go to the beach for a swim and things like that. So it is a very nice place to live. Yeah. Uh, how do you go with um, going around the community? Because uh, I heard you say on CJ's podcast that uh, where you live, barely anyone speaks English. How, how does that work? No, I know audio issues, but not much. But to be honest, the locals are pretty good. Um, yeah. If you just sort of try a little bit to speak a bit of French, um, they can they can speak a little bit of English. They can get by. Um, and if anything needs to be done, that you know I need help. One of the boys is always happy to come with me and yeah, to, uh, speak that are pretty good in both languages. So um, the club are really good. They help you set everything up um, in terms of phone and rent rental things like that so the yeah. club help a lot and then just you just got to try your best to get around it um you know i'm trying to learn a language but it isn't as easy as what i thought um the french yeah. language is quite tough and they've got some quite uh different uh, pronunciations so it is tough but um hopefully i'll get there are you doing on any online lessons at the moment while uh, the virus is hit uh, i've been doing a little bit online i've been trying to do my own stuff but it's hard, it's hard because when yeah. you read off a piece of paper, it's not pronounced how you read things. So mm-hmm. you sort of start learning the wrong things. So it is tough. You sort of need a teacher to help you yeah. read off the paper because, as I said, the pronounce it's not how words aren't said how they're um, written. So, yeah, it's tough, mate. Obviously, you know, my French has obviously gone backwards over this last six or seven weeks of being off. But hopefully once you start playing again, um, then you're around the French boys at training and they sort of help you out a little bit off and start picking it up again. Yeah. So you did mention the virus before. Uh, what are you doing to make sure you stay fit and healthy? Yeah, look, there's not much we can do at the moment here in France. It's a pretty strict lockdown. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, we've been doing a little bit of running and um, weights now and all that. There's no gyms or anything open, so it's just sort of do your best. Um, but it, I guess everyone's sort of in the same situation. So anyway, yeah. as I said, it's just do your best and try and stay as fit as possible. And so when we get back into training, um, we can sort of hit and running again and you're not back to square one, but um, yeah, there's no doubt it's been tough. Um, you know, I'm missing sort of that routine and being around the boys at training each day and um, you know, having fun with everyone. Yeah, it is tough. So we're going to move on to some quickfire questions now, uh, just for a bit of fun. So let's get started. Question one, who's the first out onto the pitch in training? First out? Uh, probably Remy Cassidy's always first. 
Yeah. He's always first to get ready in the change room before we play. He's got his she's strapped, boots on probably an hour before we go to warm up. So off the top of the head, I'd have to say Rennie. All right, question two. Who's the biggest joker in the changing rooms? No, I don't know about joker, but the biggest pest is definitely James Maloney. Yeah. Question three. Who's the first to have a pint after a match? First of all, uh, it was Greg Bird, but now he's not retired, not playing. Um, again, Jimmy loves a drink. Um, yeah. He'd be up there, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy does love a drink. <laughs> Question four, at half-time, if the boys aren't having a good game, who's the biggest motivator? Yeah, again, it's probably our older players. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, the same for St. Bebel. You've got Jimmy, he'll speak up. Remy Band, the captain. Uh, ben Garcia. Um, and obviously Sam as well. So, probably between those four, I'm off the top of my head. Um, obviously, Jimmy is probably our most experienced and uh, player in that time yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, he's, he's quite a smart football man, so he's, probably, he's quite vocal. Question five. Is there a player that always arrives late? Always arrives late. No, <laughs> to be honest, we're not too bad here. Um, everyone's pretty punctual and on time, so I've heard no, everyone's pretty yeah. good. That's good to hear. Question six. Who's your biggest rival in the game? Ooh, my biggest rival? I don't really have a rival, I don't think. I think... Probably because I've been at so many clubs now and I've played against yeah. so many players, you get to know them. Um, so for me, I don't really have a rival. Um, yeah, it's good, mate. I don't really. Obviously, you always like to play against clubs that you've been at and probably get one over them. So yeah. probably more probably more teams for me than, um, I guess, players. Yep. Question seven. What is your favourite French dish? Oh, you know what? I had snails. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't think I would like them, but they're actually beautiful. So... Wow. Um, I meant to try any frog legs or anything like that, but I definitely I did enjoy the snails. Yep. And finally, uh, as a Catalans player yourself, do you think the Toulouse and Catalans derby would work? Yeah, I think it would be massive, mate. Um, yeah. As I said, we played them in a trial, and um, mm -hmm. you know they're 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 a good team. They've got some really good players in that team, uh, French players as well. So I think yeah, yeah. I think it would um, I think it could turn into a really good derby. Yeah, I'm really hopeful that they get promoted this year because I think they've got a good squad and uh, it'd be great for French, I believe. Definitely. Do you think it would turn into like the Saints-Wigan derby that we have in England? I think over time it would be, yeah. I think obviously um, at the start, you know, it takes time to build that rivalry, but I think, you know, if it went on for a few years and, um, you know, French people are very passionate. You've only got to look at sort of football here in France as well to know that how big, um, you know, how much the fans get into it. So... I think it'd probably take a little bit of time to get that big, but I think eventually, yeah, it, it could. Definitely. So that's it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. Um, hopefully I can get you on the podcast again in the future, and uh, I hope that you and your family stay safe. No worries, mate. Thanks for the chat. Enjoyed it. No worries. Have a good one, mate. You too. Catch you, mate. Bye. Here comes the... Here comes the... Here comes the... Y'all don't really worry like... Yeah. Here comes the...